0: Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us, and enjoy this week's message. Am I on? Yes. Good morning, everybody. It's a good Sunday already, isn't it? Best Sunday ever, I, uh, I got to say, I am, I'm excited to be here. Are you guys excited to be here? Right? I am. I really am. How many of you guys went ahead and read uh, the story about the feeding of the 5,000? Because I mentioned it last week, remember? I'm just, just curious. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Back there, we got one. Which book did you read it in? Luke? That was a trick question because it's in all four, just so you guys know. It's just, it is. But it's interesting because all four of them have like a different perspective. And so if you are here for the first time, uh, we are uh, in our series called Intentional. And what we're doing is we're looking at the stories of Jesus, but I'm trying to look at it from a unique perspective, uh, because I believe that if we can do that, then all of a sudden the Bible starts to come alive to us just a little bit differently, okay? I mean, it really starts to speak maybe into your situation, circumstances, where you're at today. That's what I believe the Bible is. I believe the Bible is alive. Amen? I believe the Bible is alive, and it wants to speak to you, and it wants to guide you. I believe that if you're online and you're watching, the Bible is alive, and it wants to speak to you. Jesus wants to speak to you through his word, okay? And so this morning, um, I've got a, a lot to go through, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get through it all uh, because, you know, we have pie after church today, I hear, right? Did anybody hear about the pie service after church? Yeah? Okay. All right. Anybody come for the word or for the pie? <laughs> People online are like, we only have the word. No, but you have pajamas and whatever you want, you know? You can't have everything. All right. So we're looking at the story, the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and today's message is titled, A, a Little Goes a Long Way. A little goes a long way, okay? I've noticed that over these last seven months, I have went through every emotion possible. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? These last seven months have been very uh, interesting, to say the least. If you were to study yourself, I bet you, you could say the same thing, that you've been through every single emotion possible. You've had extreme ups, you've had extreme downs, and everything in the middle, okay? And, uh, and I'm telling you, there's this sense of feeling, this overwhelming feeling that, that has come over us. A lot of anxiety has skyrocketed. Stress has skyrocketed. Um, let me just tell you a little bit, a snapshot of what has happened just in the last month. Okay, Um, I went through my son, my 16-year-old, I have five kids, and this is kid number four. He's 16, okay? And so my 16-year-old, who is an athlete, we went through a surgery, and all of a sudden he goes from being an athlete to being um, handicapped, and that's his word. He likes to pick on himself sometimes and make people feel sorry for him and go, I'm handicapped, Dad, you can't hit me back. He, he said that to me yesterday. It was very interesting. He's not handicapped, but he does have limitations, and he's going through physical therapy, and he's got to learn a different way of, of living. Without going through all of that, you could imagine that there's a lot of emotions, not just for him, but for everybody involved. There's been emotions for all of you who have taken that journey with us. Okay, um, Christina's dad, through all of this, Uh, Matter of fact, the day after Pastor Kurt passed away, uh, Christina's dad gets placed into hospice. Now, we're at the hospital with my son at the same time Pastor Kurt was at the hospital with his family going through his thing. We're in the same hospital, different wing, and he passes away. We go through that emotion, and then you have um, uh, Christina's dad moving to hospice, and then you go through that emotion. Could you imagine just the, the helpless feeling that you have and the emotional low that happens in those times, right? And, and so, um, and then, then on top of it, this is just this month, okay? We get home um, and I become a, a taxi service. Right? Matter of fact, my new nickname, AJ, Pastor AJ gave me a new nickname, Right? And, and he, he started calling me Daddy Taxi. But I got to tell him, I mean, like, Big Daddy Taxi would have been cooler, but whatever. Okay? I mean, I'm not one to, to like, nickname shame anybody, right? But... It, you know, every time I, I get somewhere or I sit down or I grab something to eat, Dad, I need a ride, I gotta go here. And it's like, this is, it's like everything's an emergency. I gotta go to physical therapy, we gotta go to the doctors, you gotta go to Ann Arby, you gotta come back up here. I need to go to work, Dad, I need to do this. And my wife is working at home, and we got this three-year-old that I gotta take to um, uh, daycare every single morning and then pick up at, and after I'm done. And, and it's just crazy. I've put more miles on my car during a quarantine Right? It doesn't make sense. But you can see how all of this stuff through life just starts to pile on. And I I ask myself, man, how, how can I be at my best? What do I have to offer you, Lord? How am I even good at this job? And not to mention the job. Do you know that pastors quit on Monday? Praise the Lord on Sunday and they quit on Monday. They do. I'm gonna tell you right now, man, most of them they quit every single Monday. They're like, man, I can't do this. Oh, oh, it's too much. I can't do it, right? I mean, I'm just telling you, pastors are human. Okay, and and so they're they're carrying the weight of all of the people that have called them during the week, emailed them during the week, made comments after service, made comments before service. They're carrying all this pressure. During these last seven months, more pastors have quit than any other time. They've quit. There's this guy that told me many years ago, he says, he goes, he goes, and he's a pastor friend. He goes, hey, when's your day off? I said, Monday. He goes, never take your day off on Monday. I said, why? He said, because you're going to sit there on Monday, and all you're going to do is stew about Sunday. You're going to sit there wondering about how you said this. Did you say this? Did you miss this point? What did you do here? Did this person get blessed? Did people get saved? Did this happen? And all this stuff. And you're going to sit there, and you're going to dissect all of these things, and you're going to ruin your day off. And not to mention, you're going to feel like you want to quit. And by having this time where you isolate yourself, the chances of you actually doing it and pulling the trigger on that go way up. He says, never, never take your your, your day off on a Monday. So from there on, I said, okay, I'll start taking my day off on Friday. That makes sense. And I got to tell you, man, it it works. But here's the thing. I started asking myself some questions like, um, why do I keep coming back if i feel like uh, as a as a as a person that 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 i am not good enough because that's that's what happens every single one of you feel like that in in some sense or some saying nobody out here is going no i'm perfect i mean you may present it but in your mind here's the thing the more you present that the less it's true Okay, and, and so here's the thing. Everybody in here sitting here, I mean you take moms. Moms, right now, your your kids are at home with you, and chances are you're probably working from home. Okay, so now you're at home with your kids all the time, and you gotta work, and you gotta clean the house, make sure it's managed, make sure your meals are done, and now your kids are at home and now you're homeschooling your kids and you never wanted to. It is a crazy thing, okay? And all this pressure starts to build up. And your kids, your kids start telling you, and the kids, they're under pressure, right? We, Do you know that kids now are failing at a higher rate than they were before? And all they gotta do is log on, lay in bed, watch TV, and listen to somebody talk. They're feeling pressure. That's why, man, it's hard. Pressure kinda isolates you and just kinda gets you stuck. We got marriages that are breaking up. We got abuse going across, just skyrocket. It is skyrocketing. Every single person in here, dads right now are feeling pressure. People that, if you're the financial head of your household, you're feeling pressure. You are. Man, do I have a job? If I do have a job, can I, can, I, can I keep my job? Is it going to happen? Is this the day I'm going to walk in and they're going to let me go? Is my company going to shut down? Does my company have enough money? I mean, all these things. And not to mention, most of us go to work and we feel underqualified for the things that we're doing. Isn't that crazy? Most of us feel like that. We don't voice it, but we kind of carry that. I, I want to help relieve some of that pressure today, okay? It, will you guys go on this journey with me? Because we're going to look at the feeding of the 5,000 uh, uh, through a chapter in John, and then we're going to go all the way back in the Kings, and we're going to look at some stuff in there, and we're going to see that God is the same yesterday as he is today, and he'll be the same tomorrow. And that same God, he will supply every single thing you Need every single thing and here's the thing. Here's here's my reason for coming back Every single week Every single week because when I look in the mirror, I, I don't see I don't see what what God sees in me I wish I did I wish I had the like the, the the oomph and the confidence to do that But but when I look in the mirror a lot of times, you know what I see I see me I see me through all of my faults my my uh, shortcomings right? And, and, and then there's this pressure that, man, he's not good enough. But yet, I still show up every single week. And the reason I show up every single week is because I am curious. I am curious to see what God can do through this. I'm curious because every story that I read, I see he takes this little bit. You know how much faith he tells you to have? Just a little bit, right? I always tell Elijah, I go, just poquito. That's it. And he starts giggling, I don't know why. I think it's because of Dora, right? But uh, you know, I just say, poquito. And, and, he, and he thinks it's the cutest thing, and he laughs. When I tell him to go take a nap, he'll go, no. And he'll start screaming, I say, no, 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 no. Just poquito nap. And then all of a sudden he starts cracking up. It's, it's a crazy thing. Anyways, that's the only Spanish word I know. But I'm curious to see what God can do through me. And I think that a lot of us are lacking curiosity today. We're lacking curiosity today. We, we've lost interest in a lot of the things that we were doing. We lost interest in, 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 our, in our kids sometimes. We lose interest in our spouse sometimes. We lose interest in our work sometimes. We lose interest in our church sometimes. And when I've seen people lose interest in church and then leave Leave And you know what it is they lost their ability to be curious to see what God can do in this place with these people with this amount With this amount of faith We lost our ability man, I see I see husbands leave wives Because they've lost their ability to be curious about who they're with They lost their ability. They they have no more interest in that no more. That's sad. That's sad. I I think that that, see, having interest and having curiosity to me is like a, a baby step of faith. It's a baby step of faith. But me actually putting Somewhere and going you know what man this curiosity. I want to I want to learn about you. I want to see what happens I'm curious to see my kids grow up and see what's gonna happen. I'm curious to see what's gonna happen here at church I'm curious to see how big how great how grand how wonderful whose lives are gonna be changed. I'm curious and That curiosity keeps me coming back I'm curious about my wife. I'm curious. I'm interested in her. I'm curious about it. That keeps me with her. Do you know that? Because it keeps me being a student of who she is. I keep studying who she is. My curiosity continues to grow. Because when it doesn't, you know what happens to a man? The curiosity shifts. We miss out what we have at home because our curiosity starts to shift in other directions. And we end up going somewhere else. And the reality is that whatever we are going to get or seeking was probably at home if you would have just opened your eyes to see. See, I think a lot of us need to take inventory, inventory about what is happening in our lives. 2020 does not have to be the worst year of your lives. It does not have to be. It does not have to be. You gotta believe it, man. You gotta believe it. Because right now all of you are sitting there going, uh, oh, but this happened and this happened and so-and-so died. Man, I've been on the phone all week with people who have lost somebody. All week. People that have been battling and getting scared about being sick or this or that all week. And I got to continue to remind myself, Lord, I know we keep losing this. We keep doing this. We keep doing that. We lost this amount of money. We lost this amount of space. We lost this uh, object or thing. What are you going to do with this little bit, God? This is what I got left. I'm going to bring it to you. What are you going to do with it? I'm curious to see. That curiosity keeps me waking up curiosity keeps me going. Here's the thing. I believe that we can all relate to where Jesus is at in this point in his life when we pick up his story. Okay? And and so here's the thing. Jesus, he, he was arguably at his lowest emotional point before performing this miracle. He had went out, he had preached to people, he's exhausted, he's healing people, he's giving people whatever they want and need. I mean, he's doing it all. He's traveling by foot, doing this, constantly. He's sending out his disciples. He's got John the Baptist, his cousin, his boy, his ride or die, who gets murdered, who gets murdered right before this he lost somebody very close to him word gets to him man Herod killed him chopped off his head that's a horrific death that's a horrific could you imagine the news hey Jesus I just got a telegram John the Baptist just died yeah but like horribly and then gave the details, and he's like, oh. in those moments, we have to find a way to trust in God, and I believe that's, that, that's, that's got to be through some of our curiosity. We have to be intentional to be curious about the right things. And so we see Jesus and, and he he decides to go off and isolate, and says, "Man, I need to rest. I need to eat. I need to be alone for a minute." And it says in the in the Bible that all of the crowds they just kept following him and following him and following him. He could not get away. He couldn't get away. But it says that when he looked upon the crowd, the the compassion came over him, and and he started to love them and wanting to give them what they needed. He put their needs above his own needs and wants. John 6, 1 through 12 says this, Sometimes after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because he saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Now when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them. I mean, how many of you guys know God knows where to buy bread. Okay, I just, just wanted to put that out there, right? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a, a half a year's wages. Now, we've heard sermons just on the wages. We've heard sermon on the bread and, and all these other things, right? You probably heard a million sermons on this, uh, on this text, okay? And, and so, like I said, we're going to try to do something just a little bit different. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves. Everybody know what a barley loaf is? Anybody ever been to KFC? You get them big fluffy biscuits. Ooh, matter of fact, let's do Bob Evans biscuits. Anybody ever had those? Right, those are AJ's favorite, you should bring them. He hates biscuits. I just, I think it'd be funny to throw biscuits at him one day. (laughs) He said, here's a small boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go? I mean, we've got like 5,000, what do they count the men, right? We won't even get into that. We've done messages on that too, right? But there's at least 5,000 people. And how many of you know that 5,000 is more than five? Okay, right? That's a scientific term, right? 5,000 is more than five? Okay, good. Just want to make sure. All right? And so Jesus said, have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that place. Man, I could preach on just that little part there, but I, but I won't because it seems kind of pointless, right? Just to be like, yeah, there's grass at that place. Like, why did John record that? Anyways, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who uh, were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. You know what it doesn't say in there? And I heard this, it was really, it got me thinking. It never said that he multiplied the loaves. It never said that he multiplied the fish. He didn't go, there was always five, always five. And they just kept breaking off and breaking off and breaking off. You know, God gives us exactly what we need. He gives us enough, and he says, you know what? You are enough for me to use you and do what I need to do through you. How many of you guys know that this has nothing to do with food? Right? If you're still in here and you're going, man, this is a food sermon. I'm starving. Where's this pie at? Right? This has nothing to do with food, people. This has everything to do with you and you bringing something to the table. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. When I, always, when I hear that, I always think of my past. Like, gather everything that you've, you've had and went through. Let nothing be wasted. This is our God. He does not waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. Look at Mark chapter 6 just for a second. Because I, I, I just want to look at this for just a second. Because each one of these authors, and this will be a fun study someday, okay? But each one of, each one of these authors kind of, some have detail, some just want the highlights, okay? And, and some don't do highlights and just detail. And, and it's just, it, it's, it's crazy, but you can start to see each author's personality come out, Mark chapter 6, 38 says this. How many loaves do you have, he asked. And then he says, go and see. He sends them out into the crowd to look, to look. I want you to just kind of hold on to that just for a second, okay? Just kind of pull that, put it in your pocket, put it in your neighbor's pocket, do whatever you want. If your neighbor has a notebook, write in it. Now we're going to flip to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Now, this is Elijah, all right? Or this is Elisha. And it says this. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Your servant maybe uh, my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Take inventory. Take inventory. What do you bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? Go and see see what you already have there see a lot of us we get lazy as christians people okay what we do is something happens we have a need and we go we go straight to to, to god and we go hey god this is this is what i need and this is how i need it and, he, and, he, and sometimes you're like well i didn't get an answer to the prayer and, and and sometimes i'm thinking god just tells you and says look why don't what do you bring into the table what do you bring into this thing right Go and see what you have. Take inventory first. Take inventory because the answer might already be there for you. It might already be waiting. It it may not look the way you thought it was going to look. I mean, because in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to the king of kings to ask for something to eat. You know what I want? I want a buffet. I want golden corral just to pop up. Just pow. And you know, this preacher, what he said was, he goes, you know, if God did that, then what would happen because we are so human in the way that we do things, what would happen is that we would end up worshiping the buffet and not the one who created it. So what does he do? He just keeps those five loaves in front of us. He keeps what's in front of you. He says, look at what you have and what you're bringing to the table. Start with giving thanks there. Start with praising there. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to use that. Watch how I use this. Be curious to see how God is going to use the things that you already have. Instead of sitting here wanting and wishing for for new this and bigger this and that and all this other stuff, when God is already doing things in your life and you just need to recognize it. We need to recognize it. He said, what do you have? Your servant has nothing at all. But this jar, just a jar that I used to keep olive oil in it. I don't even know if I got much left. Now, if you can picture this, we've got this widow. Maybe she's in her early 30s, right, mid-30s, whatever. She just lost her husband. She's got no chance of a meaningful employment, no gainful employment, because in, in that culture, women were not employable, especially widows, do you know what a lot of them turn to? The forbidden job, right? There's kids present, so thank you. And so she's, she's feeling like she's really in a devastating place. Her life has been shook and rocked to its core. She lost her husband. Creditors are coming. Right? Some of you guys know how that is. Some of the people online know how that is. You get these phone calls from these weird numbers and you keep hanging up on them. And they call back at the same day, same time or same time, different day, and you're like, I don't know who that is. She said the creditors are coming after her sons. We talked about that a while ago. That that when you didn't pay something, man, they grabbed your kids and enslaved them. Could you imagine if Coles did that? Like man, you bought that uh, blouse like a few years ago, and you didn't pay on it. You know what I need? I need your firstborn. They're about to scrub out this whole warehouse. They'd be slaves until they're released in the year of Jubilee. So it doesn't get any worse than this. It doesn't. Do you see? Do you see all these parallels? starting to pop out, how Jesus felt, how, how this widow felt, how, how you feel at the end of this pandemic, because I believe it's going to be coming to an end. I don't know when. I don't know when, but I believe it's, it's going to end. It doesn't matter if it's another year or not. It's all but a blink of an eye in the Lord's eyes. You know why? Because he has given me the strength to make it through. He has given me the strength to make it through. Has he given you the strength to make it through? Somebody say amen today. Somebody online say, yes, he has given me the strength to make it through. And at a certain point, we got to stop surviving and we got to start thriving as a people. Thing is, I want you to see here is this. This, this jar represents us taking Inventory taking inventory of what you have and when we do that when we do that what we realize is is that it's not the olive oil in here that we need it's not the five loaves it's not the fish it's none of that you know what it is it's God that we need it's God that we need and we present this to who to God we present it to him And say, God, do what you will with this, whatever this is in your life. Take inventory of your life, put it in this jar, and then give it to the Lord. This woman is in significant need, and she expresses her need to the prophet. And it's funny because the prophet does kind of the same thing that Jesus did. Jesus said, what? Go and see. And the prophet goes, man, what do you got? What do you got in your house? Go back to your house and check it out. He makes himself available after this. You know, and, and Jesus, what did Jesus do when he seen the crowd of people? You know what? This, this reminds me of, of the fact that, that God continually makes himself available to us. <laughs> Elisha goes how can I help you right how can I help you I want to ask you this real quick because I, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting that when you're hurting or, or when you're lacking do you, do you realize how, how we act as a people when we do this When we start to hurt and we we figure out that we're lacking, all we can see is what we don't have, and we start to miss all the blessings that you do have, that you do have. How many of you guys have, have recognized that over these last seven months, you have missed out on some of the blessings that God has for you because all you keep looking at is the things that you do not have? See, God will continually help us to reference the things that we do and give thanks for those things. Here's what I want to tell you today. I want to tell you this very simply. Stop waiting for what you want. Stop even waiting for what you you need and start working with the things that you have. Start working with what you have in your life right now. What does that mean? If if you feel like your marriage is falling apart, stop sitting there questioning what you don't have in this relationship and start praising God for what you do. Start working with what you do have. Maybe it's just a voice. So maybe all you can do is start going, hello, how was your day? How are you doing? If it's with your kids and you start thinking, man, you know what, they're this, they're that, they're this, start praising God for what they really are. Start praising God for for the things that you believe they're going to do in their lives. Maybe it's a job and we're sitting there worried about it. Stop waiting for the things that you want and start working with what you have right now in your life. Elisha says to this widow, What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Back to the story of Jesus. He had taught thousands of people, and at the end of the lesson, everybody's hungry, right? Just like everybody's hungry now. And the disciples say, Who's going to feed these thousands of people? And everyone goes, I don't have any food. Jesus ate my last sandwich. Right? Because Jesus went up to the mountain. He was hungry, and so he, he ate. That's implied. Right? And he, he, if he had food, I believe that he would have gave the food away, but he didn't have food, so I imply that Jesus ate the sandwich. Right? He said, I don't have any food. And this little kid says, I don't have a lot. I got just a little bit. Just a little bit. And here's the reality. In the hands of the Son of God, a little bit can become a lot and they fed the thousands of people and even had 12 baskets left over because we serve a god who can do a lot with a very very little bit so whatever you have whatever faith you have right now you need to muster it up that's a play on words Because all we need is a faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Faith the size of a mustard seed. In the Old Testament, when a whole army was afraid of the Philistines because of one man, Goliath, who stood them down, guess who God used? A little man, a little boy. God is the king of using a little bit. He's the king of using a little bit, a little shepherd boy with a little bit of faith, and a little stone with a little slingshot. Who are you to come against the armies of my living God? Everyone thinks that they're that they, that, that you're too big to beat, he says. And the things that are, you're facing, everyone thinks, you, you may think that that thing is too big, too big standing in front of you for you to beat. Too big. And God used a little boy with a little faith and a little stone to take down a great big giant. And in the New Testament, Scripture is, is really clear. Jesus said, if you just have a little bit of faith, not a lot, just a little bit, and here's the reality, if you are online and you tuned in, if you are sitting here in this room, you have enough faith already. Just by walking in this door, just by doing that, being obedient to God in that little bit, you have enough faith for God to do something really amazing in your life. I'm praying and I'm hoping that you're excited when you leave here. That's my hope, that that, that we can actually start turning this year around. If you just have a little bit of faith, man, we serve a God who can do a whole lot with a little bit. God asked Moses one time, what do you have in your hand? What's in your house? What does the crowd have? Notice God never says, what do you want? God never says, what do you need? But what do you have? Let's stop waiting for what we want and start working with what you have because God has given you everything that you need to do everything that he wants you to do. For me, I'm, I'm learning that, 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 man, this is our church. We get to do whatever we want to do, whatever God has for us to do, whatever he envisions. Man, we get to create. We get to do amazing things together, people. We get to do that. God showed me very clearly that he does give us everything that we need. Do you understand that during a pandemic, this church hired two staff members? Do you, do you even understand the, 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 the symbolism in that? How awesome that is, the metaphoric meaning of that? That God can take our little bit and he can do so much more with it. We keep saying stuff like we don't because we, 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 we don't have. We can't. I can't do this because I don't have this. I can't do that. Man, we need to believe in the living God that we can. Why? Because we don't have. I know I can because I have enough faith to put in this jar. I have enough stuff to put in this jar. I have taken inventory of my life, and I know that my life means something to him. And I'm curious what he can do with it. I'm curious what he can do with it. We know that he took these five loaves and these two fish and he fed thousands and thousands and thousands of people with it. And I'm telling you, if you continue to think that it's about food, man, you have missed it. It is about you. It is about you. What are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? I'm going to give God what I have and trust him to give us what we need for this church, for my life, for my family. I pray that you do the same thing. I pray you do the same thing. 2 Corinthians 4.7 says this. And with that, I'm going to close. We can have the worship team come on up. 2 Corinthians 4.7 says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have these treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Why? Because with what I have, I can't do a lot with until I give it to God, until I place it in His hands. How many of you guys know that if I took five biscuits from KFC and tried to feed even this crowd, I'd be the laughing stock, right? In my own power. Amen? But the minute I place it into the Lord's hands, you know what it turns into? A whole bunch of pies after service. God is looking for a few empty jars. you're here and you feel like you're empty and you feel like hey you know what I don't have much in my jar I got good news for you I got really good news for you you feel like man hey I'm I'm not this as a mom I'm not this as a dad I'm not this at work I'm not this at school I got good news for you you don't have to be you don't have to be All you need to do is take inventory of your life, place it in this jar, hand it to the Lord. Hand it to the Lord and watch and see what he can do with it. Like I said before, five biscuits in my hand, it doesn't mean no good. Does you no good. But the minute I place them into the Lord's hands, watch out. Watch out. Pie for everybody. I believe that when you're weak He is made strong I believe that I believe that when you're hurting that he is your comforter. I Believe that when you're confused. He's your counselor He's the one that guides I believe that when you don't have enough and you lack financially That he is your provider. I believe these things my life lives out these things i put what i have in this jar and i place it into the lord's hands is anybody ready to do that today anybody out there anybody online are you ready to do that today are you ready to turn this year around lord i put 2020 in this jar in this jar is a bunch of pain depression, some good moments, some bad moments. In this jar is confusion. In this jar is all the things you went through this year. My health is in this jar. My body is in this jar. My marriage is in this jar. My kids are in this jar. My house, my cars. Whatever got in my pocket is in this jar. And I give it to the Lord, and I say, look, Lord, that's yours. You can have it now. You can take it. Because while you're sitting there complaining about 2020, he's looking at you and going, what do you got? What do you have? And you keep yelling at him, telling him what you need. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Tell me what you have. Tell me what you have. Because that's what I'm going to use that's what I'm gonna use I'm not tall enough man put it in a jar I'm not fast enough put it in a jar I'm not this I'm not that put it in the jar and Lord I know that is these five loaves went out to all these people and started to break off and these pieces just kept coming and coming and coming. You are living what you are about to reveal to them. That you are the bread of life. He is your sustenance. He is your everything. And I know somebody came in here today empty as can be. And you're lacking And you're going to look to him, and he's going to be everything that you ever needed. You ever needed. So dear Heavenly Father, right now I ask you, speak to us. Pour out your spirit and build our faith, God. Father, I may start with a mustard seed, but I don't want to end with a mustard seed. I may start with nothing, but I don't want to end with nothing. So I want more of you in my life. I want you to fill my jar to overflowing. I want you to take this jar, and I want 12 baskets of leftovers, God. I want to be able to sprinkle those leftovers to my kids, bless my family. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about my attitude. Talking about my joy, let that be multiplied in this place, God. The locusts, they have come. They have come. We, the worst is behind us. They have come and they have devoured our lands, they have devoured our houses, they have shaken up the way we do things. And whatever's left, we need to put it in the jar and hand it to the Lord. My Bible says that he'll restore. And when God restores, do you know that when God restores and renews, that he makes it better than it was. Better than it was. So right now, Lord, I pray for those that are online and they're hurting and they're struggling and their pain, the pain is real. But Father, I pray they put it in the jar and they hand it to you, God. And they just release it, they put up their arms and they release it to you, Lord. Those that are struggling financially, maybe you lost a job. Father, I pray that they hand over what they have to you. Now I pray for those that have lost loved ones to this, this not even the, just this week, but over this last six months, God. People have passed and they can't even have funerals. They can't even go and pay their respects. So there's this hole that's there. This grieving that seems to never end Lord. I pray that they put it in the jar today Lord. All those people that are here Lord. Allow us just to open our hearts to you and and, and I pray you receive all that we are, all that we are. So as Jeremiah leads us in song to end today, I just want you to remember this jar. And before you start to ask God for what you need, can you just stop taking inventory of your life and start placing some things in this jar? You already know what that is. You already know what that is. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.